0: Hi, everyone. and Welcome to the By the Laces podcast. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Ciro. How are you, Trenton?
1: I would say fantastic, but why don't I mix it up a little and say fantabulous instead. How are you, Bilal?
0: It's a nice player in words there, Trenton. I, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic. That's, that's how I'm going. I mean, you need a sense of optimism these days, so why not?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. All right, Bilal, we had a very wild Week 13, and nearly all of the headlines, I'd say, are related to teams losing in very horrifically improbable fashion at the end of games. So since the Jets are in last place, why don't we start with the Jets first?
0: Thank God, Trenton. I thought the way you started, I thought you wanted to – start off in a very different way and I'm glad you changed directions
1: here. Oh no, we're going to we're going to get to that later unfortunately. But one of the biggest headlines is that Jets defensive coordinator Greg Williams has been fired just 1 day after he called cover 0 uh to lose out on the Jets potential first win of the season to the Raiders. And Frank Bush, the inside linebacker, coach, and assistant head coach, has been named the interim defensive coordinator.
0: Hey, think about it. Hey, think about it here, Triton. He got a head start on the job search because that whole coaching staff is getting fired at the end of the year. So um, in a way for him, it's uh, probably a benefit. Maybe that was by design calling that (laughs) cover zero play at the end of the game. (laughs)
1: that's uh that's a good point i mean you know i'm sure adam Gase feels happy about being able to fire somebody before he gets inevitably fired himself or you know maybe he will get that that 10-year extension at the end of the season
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're talking about you accomplished something that no one else in the history of new york the new york jets could have accomplished at least i don't think the jets have Ever gone 0 16, but um, he deserves to get fired, honestly, after calling a play like that. Like you just said, people talk about tanking for draft picks and getting first overall picks. In all likelihood, even if the Jets were to win this game and get that first win, they probably would have gotten the first, probably will get the first overall draft pick. So just win the game. For, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to the playoffs or anything. You just win the game for the pride of the players. They put in such hard work and, and the team. And I don't know, at least the New York fans have the Giants now, which in what position they're, they're in, it's a much better situation. But, um, no, that, play, that whole play at the end was bizarre. I mean, he had a chance to um, win the game for your team and they blew it I mean if you'd like to give us a quick breakdown of what actually happened for those who did not pay attention because why would you follow the Jets
1: <laughs> yeah so coming from that
0: the... should make mention that my team has not done well but uh, so I, I'm walking on thin ice here making that joke but continue sorry
1: Yeah, uh, at the end of the game, there were only 12 to 13 seconds left in the game. Raiders had no timeouts. They were 46 yards away from the end zone. And Greg Williams, who, of course, is a defensive coordinator who's known for calling a lot of blitzes, decides to call this Cover Zero blitz. And for those of you who don't know, Cover Zero basically puts uh, man coverage one-on-one on on any of the receivers that are coming from the offense and everybody else gets sent on a blitz. So no safety help up the middle, uh, in the middle. Uh, yeah. Derek Carr basically stepped up to avoid the blitz, hurled it to the rookie Henry Ruggs, who is widely considered the second fastest player in the NFL after Tyreek Hill. And he catches it for a improbable touchdown. (laughs)
0: On all the type of plays where you would not want to play cover zero, that is the type of play because you want you would like to have your safety back there trying to I don't know help like double cover somebody and looking at the Raiders team in general, Henry Rugg, Henry Rugg seems like the logical option for them to throw the ball in that type of situation because considering how far they are, um, that speed that he has would be able to play. Perfectly for them, but also in that one play, you have the the safety who comes in, who is about to, um, I believe, come in with a delayed blitz. He delays it so long that by the time he even could get there, it's why would you even bother? I mean, honestly, if I don't see the purpose of a delayed blitz when they're not when they're purposely trying to. Um, move around and make some space just throw the ball down the field just go after him don't wait because it's not helping and you're not helping your your other corners or, to protect them covering their players
1: yeah and uh i i would like to mention that a redditor and youtuber by the name of official jaguar gator nine looked back at the footage of all of greg williams play calls on Hail Mary situations, and something interesting that he found was that all the way up until 2010, Greg Williams always played just standard prevent defense, send everybody back, maybe rush three or four people. In 2010, he found was the first time Greg Williams ever sent a cover zero blitz on a Hail Mary. And ever since 2010, there have been three total instances before this game that Greg Williams called this defense. And the reason why is in 2010, when Greg Williams was with the Saints as a defensive coordinator, three weeks before the game, he called his first cover zero blitz on a Hail Mary, was the miraculous David Garrard Hail Mary touchdown Jaguars against Texans, in which the Texans played everything right, prevent defense, knock the ball down, except it ended up in the hands of the Jaguars receiver. And ever since then, it seems like the philosophy for Greg Williams has been to send cover zero. And the three times that he called it since 2010, it worked. So, you know, it's it's logical why he would think to call it again. But of course, even if it works, doesn't mean it's the best call.
0: <laughs> exactly. It didn't work this time. I'm, I don't know. It's a, it's a, he took a gamble, he lost on it, and he's out of a job. But uh, we'll have to see where he lands now.
1: Yeah. In the mm. end, he, he called a Greg Williams play, <laughs> and that's it.
0: <laughs> he didn't get the Greg Williams result, though.
1: No, he did not. All, All right. right move- moving on. I'm sorry. I took you a little bit of your thunder there. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) Yeah. So the NFL has done some flexing in week 15. Browns and giants has been moved to Sunday night football. 49ers and Cowboys, which used to be Sunday night football has been moved to the 1 PM Eastern time slot and jets and Rams, which was previously to be decided will now be at four PM Eastern time.
0: Who would have thought we would be getting the Browns back to back in prime time? Late this late in the season.
1: The Browns are uh Browns are good. Because
0: we get them this week, Monday night. Then we get them flexed to Sunday night. The Browns are good. I think they have Yeah taken, you know I <laughs> think they have taken all the jokes that people have been making of them for the past like 20 years and decided enough is enough. We've been through like <laughs> three head coaches. We've in the past like five years, I'm saying we've gone through an 0 and 16 season. We've gone through a one in 15 season. They hired to fire their head coach last year after one season I think I mean it's just one year
1: it is just one year
0: but the Browns are in all likelihood making the playoffs unless something tragic happens the next four weeks and good for the people of Cleveland like
1: yeah
0: Cleveland sports in general has not had the best uh, of luck as of as of late, I mean, they did win with LeBron, but then he left. They lost in the World Series against the Cubs after leading three to one, and then they just have always had the the Browns, which uh, Baker is finally coming to uh, coming to his potential, and it maybe just took having Kevin Stefanski there and just bringing that type of concept, but. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Um, alternatively, conspiracy theory, maybe our general manager at Radio DePaul Sports, Gina, just hoped really, really hard for the season, and it worked out.
0: <laughs> that could very well be an option. I mean, it was about time. Yeah. But it's going to be an interesting game to, to next week, um, depending on where the Giants are, because currently the Giants are leading the division because they hold tiebreaker over Washington. So if they were to win, I mean, Washington, I mean, sorry, New York could probably be playing for a for division title or very close to depending on where the other teams are. It would just have to. But it's interesting, and it sums up the year 2020 perfectly, that we are getting the Browns back-to-back in prime time late in the season. With – a very good chance of going to playoffs. So,
1: Yeah. Um, and how about a shout-out to the NFC East for, for pulling off some magic. Uh, the Giants upset the Seahawks, and Washington gave Steelers their first loss. I mean, how about yeah. that?
0: They probably heard everything we've been talking about them and how bad they've been. <laughs> and have <they've> finally decided <laughs> enough is enough. We are not we are not taking this torture anymore. And we're gonna upset some teams that everyone thought we had no chance. Including us. We had no we didn't think they would, would beat the the Giants beating the Seahawks and Washington beating the Steelers, even though it, it's a like you had those games where you want a team to win, but you know they're not gonna win. That's what I felt like when it came to Washington because just
1: I thought they were gonna win.
0: <laughs> but then you should have picked them.
1: I did. Last week. You did? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you didn't you didn't believe me when I said it? And uh honestly when I picked them, I'm not sure I believed it either, but yay me.
0: <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Um my apologies then. I did not know that. I Okay. I'm shocked there, Trenton. Threw the threw the show off uh threw the show off a little bit.
1: It's okay. You still uh you still beat my picks last week anyways by one game. But we're not gonna talk about that until we get to that section.
0: <laughs> Continuing on with the NFC East, um Carson Wentz has been benched for rookie quarterback Jalen Hurts. He'll That's be... brutal. Yeah, but you know what else is brutal? That his first start will be against the Saints this week.
1: That's You're you're right, that is also brutal.
0: Who are also in a position right now to make the playoffs, which we'll get into that in a minute. But just thinking here, Carson Wentz, he hasn't been the same since that injury year, since he got hurt two years ago in that um, potential MVP campaign, the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I mean, he... He's thrown 15 interceptions, and he's been sacked 46 times. And he ranks 31st in completion, completion percentage, 30th in yards per attempt. The, the number that comes out to me right now is the 46 sacks. How can yeah. you throw the ball if you're on your back the entire game?
1: Right. I mean, that's, that's just awful. You're, you're getting hit every single game. I mean, they talk about Carson Wentz and his his footwork not being fantastic, and that's why he's missing so many wide-open receivers. How can you have your footwork set when you're getting hit every single game? It's just – it's brutal.
0: So uh, putting this in kind of a quick perspective for us here, because we're both Bears fans, remember the uh, 2010 Bear season when we – Actually, went to the playoffs, if that helps. Well, anyway, our quarterback at the time, uh, Jay Cutler. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Thought you were going to say something (laughs) there. So, our quarterback at the time, uh, Jay Cutler, was sacked 52 times over the course of 15 games. And that was brutal just watching that. Wentz currently is at 46. And there are four games to go. So if he, hypothetically, if he played the four games, I'd say he could get up to 55, 60 sacks maybe, just the way that team is going. So just putting it in perspective, like, we've seen bad as Bears fans. That's bad. That's bad. But what does this do for the future of Carson Wentz? I know where I know it just happened, but why not? Might as well talk about it. He did recently just sign a mega contract last year, um, one hundred twenty-eight million dollar contract, four years. So it's it'll be up until. The 2024 season. And he has 107.9 that was guaranteed. So what do you do? Do you shop him? You can't cut him because you have to owe him all the money still. What team is going to want to pick I, him up? And you can't have him that expensive <laughs> quarterback on the on the backup. So,
1: I did but read I, something interesting. I read something interesting that said that John Elway and the Denver Broncos would be the type of team that would overpay and overtrade for Carson Wentz. That is exactly
0: (laughs) correct. John Elway would do that. (laughs) John John Elway has made one good quarterbacking decision in his time as the general manager of the Denver Broncos. and That was bringing in Peyton Manning. How he was able to bring Peyton Manning to that team will always um, amaze me, but it happened and they had success, so he would be that one guy who would do. I mean, he has not had success since Manning left. Even before Manning, who do you have? He had Tim Tebow, that's it? Tim Tebow, yep. That was a blast from the past.
1: And then before Tim Tebow was good old Kyle Orton. (laughs)
0: he wasn't that good either. <laughs> so, so um
1: yeah, I don't I don't think the the Eagles can move on from Carson Wentz not from a a financial standpoint as you mentioned, but I also don't think as a team they can cuz Carson Wentz has been that leader for them for for so long now.
0: Yeah, but he the one year he doesn't get hurt is the year he plays horrible. Right. So these next four games now we don't know for sure if Hertz will be continuing as the starter of the next four games. We know it's just this game. So if he continues on, we'll see. It's an audition. And he has the chance now. The ball's in your the ball's in his court, so to speak. So we, a, we have a few uh, injury news here that you uh, think you have a pretty good insight on.
1: Yeah, so honestly, the biggest injury news that we have going on right now is that Drew Brees will be eligible to return from IR this week, but on Wednesday he didn't practice. He probably won't make the Eagles game this coming Sunday, but he probably will be able to make the Chiefs game after that.
0: Why would you need him too though at this moment? I mean first of all, I'm not hating Drew Brees, want to clarify that right out of the way. <laughs> He's the one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in the league. But the Saints are undefeated the past two years without him. So let him like the fact that he is eligible to come off for IR this week doesn't mean that he needs to practice or do anything. Let him take another week because this game it's um. First, I have to check who they're playing. Um, the Eagles. Yeah, perfect. Probably should check that before. But anyway, that's so I glad I have you. Um. Yeah, the Eagles. the The Saints are going to beat the Eagles because the Eagles are. We just discussed how bad they are. So why uh, the rescue Drew Brees come back for this game when you there's a 90% chance, 99% chance they will win this game. So we bring Drew Brees back for the Chiefs game, which is a good game to have him back for, because right. Mahomes, Chiefs, good team, need a good quarterback. And in your assessment right now, with this whole period of time that Drew Brees has not been here. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Taysom Hill? Because I don't think he is that franchise-level quarterback that teams need to be. And at the same time, he's kind of too valuable to the Saints, so I don't see him ever really leaving the Saints, per se.
1: Yeah, so he's, he's played three games now, in relief of Drew Brees, in the Atlanta game, in Week 11, he wasn't he wasn't terrible. I mean, you know, zero interceptions, 18 of 23, 233 yards. He didn't throw a touchdown though. He did have two two touchdowns rushing. And that's and then, fine.
0: I mean, that's expected from a guy like him because that's what Right. I'm known for.
1: And I believe also two touchdowns receiving in that game as well, which generally you don't like to see those from your quarterback. At least you don't like seeing like see your quarterback as a receiver. Right. Um, and then in the Denver game, when he was faced off against undrafted free agent quarterback Kendall Hinton, um, he was 9 of 16 for 78 yards and one interception. I believe at a certain point in that game, they had negative yardage throwing the ball.
0: See, a game like that, I mean, he's not playing against Kendall Hinton, so you can't really judge it that hard. He, he's playing against the Broncos' defense, which at the same time is not that good. So he, I don't know, theoretically speaking, he should have had a better game, but he's probably the worst one he's had out of the three games he's played. And uh, what was his um, stat line last week?
1: In the last week, he was 27 of 37. 232 yards, two touchdowns and 83 rushing yards on 14 rushes. So much better. Yeah, of course, of course this was playing the Falcons for a second time. So, you know, maybe the coaches were able to delve into the game film and dial up some some special things for him, you know. I don't know if it'll be different for him playing against a brand new team.
0: True. Um, at least one thing was for sure is that when Drew Brees is healthy he will be back. This is not a situation where his job's on the line. More so it was probably an audition for Hill for any future opportunities because no one had ever really seen him barely thrown like six, seven passes before he became the starter. But uh, no, don't rush Brees back right now. Um, Saints are in with a win or a Tampa loss, or if Saints and Tampa both tie, then they're in the playoffs. So in all likelihood, the Saints will have clinched a playoff spot by the end of this week, and you have to see what adjustments they go ahead to make for the playoffs because the Chiefs game in general will be be a good testing point to see where the Saints are as a team going into the playoffs because of just how good the Chiefs are. On all facets of it, because the, same, the Chiefs' defense is good and the Chiefs' offense is good. So it'll be a full, full rounded test. So it'll be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: COVID. It's not going away, Trenton, but we are making progress. Vaccines are on the way, but unfortunately, for people like you and me, we probably won't be getting them for a long time. And we still got a football season to finish, so it is affecting players every week. And this week it has struck the Carolina Panthers. Please give us, yeah. That.
1: The Carolina Panthers had to close their facility and place eight players on the reserve slash COVID list. And uh, you're not gonna like this reason why.
0: Am I gonna be pulling my hair out?
1: Yeah. Yeah, were you are.
0: Were they gathering? Yes. Why? Why? When will people learn to stay apart? Six feet. This happened during their bye week, didn't it?
1: It did. Uh, a gathering of players away from the facility during the bye week.
0: All right. So when you're in your facility, you're usually wearing tracking devices. That will alert you when you are within six feet of each other.
1: And you're also wearing masks.
0: <laughs> you're wearing masks. Now, why can't you apply those same precautions, at least, when you're, at, when you're not at the facility? This is supposed to be your off week. Sit at home. Watch a movie. Eat a pizza. Don't do anything. Relax. Don't you guys see enough of each other as it is yeah. <laughs> to... I don't know, maybe go a week without. FaceTime, Zoom, do something. You and I are Zooming. We haven't seen each other since March. So, it's like that um, scene in Spider-Man Far From Home where it's a Captain America PSA where he turns around the chair and sits, sits down and he's like, so, you got detention. And here is like, so, you had to gather. <laughs> and what happened? You've either come in close contact or you yourself have COVID. Was it worth it? I hope it was because now you are affecting the rest of your team. And we've seen what happened with the Ravens, we've seen what happened with the Broncos. It isn't going away. And we've got a football season to finish. Like, we've already come this far away. sorry, we've already come this far and it's careless and I'm assuming next week we'll have some other story like this too and going on this mini mini rant again (laughs) but um, again we're hoping everyone who's been affected or come in contact gets better those who came in contact we hope they're not positive, those who are positive Hope you have a full recovery, but still, it could all have been avoidable. And COVID, the COVID situation in the league only, it's even more bizarre, especially with Tuesday night's game, the Ravens and the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, please tell us. Please tell us. I have to step back from COVID.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, while you do that, Des Bryant was – signed by the Ravens and of course his former team is the Cowboys so he was definitely looking forward to this game. Now during or even before the game started it was announced that he was pulled out of pregame game because he tested positive and this is you know when everybody's already on the field and before they pulled Des Bryant off, he was hugging and talking to other people without a mask. So red flag.
0: That's a, that's a red flag right there.
1: As, as close contact as you could humanly be.
0: should be like an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty before the game or something
1: thrown. Un- unsportsmanlike I mean, unsportsmanlike okay. contact spreading plague.
0: <laughs> there you go. I mean, okay, I know I know a lot of players do it after the game, they meet and we get on it that Tom Brady never shook hands with Nick Foles or whatnot, or Tom Brady never shook hands with Jared Goff at the end of the game. They still shouldn't be doing that. Like looking at looking back at these past thirteen weeks, still shouldn't be doing that. I mean, I know the only and football is a contact sport, and they've already just played a game, but just try to. Socially distance afterwards, any chance you get, just try. If you I know, if you're going to be infected during the game, someone somehow gets it to you, it happens, but still, just try. That's my, it may not sound t- logical at the moment, but um, that's just my
1: thinking yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's weird the exact COVID protocols that we're. That we're, we're going through with the NFL, because all, all other Ravens players tested negative, no high-risk cutlose contacts were identified. Now, how this came to be is that Des Bryant's daily PCR test was taken the morning of the game, it came back at night and was inconclusive. They reran the test, and that was also inconclusive. And he was pulled off the field during pregame warmups for a POC test, which was positive for COVID. And that's why he was pulled out. The Ravens are so close to the lab that they get their test results back the same day instead of overnight. And that's how they were able to rerun and retest for Des.
0: But it gets even weirder.
1: Indeed it does, because of course we are dealing with Des Bryant here. After he was pulled off the field and told he tested positive, he jumped right on Twitter and said, I can't deal with this. I'm calling it quits. <laughs> and he uh, he basically he quit on the season. And everybody was like, all right, that is that is indeed Des Bryant. That is the Des Bryant we know. And then shortly after that, he said, nope, I'm coming back. <laughs> and that is definitely the Des Bryant we know.
0: I mean, he was obviously dealing dealing with um, a lot of emotions at the time and no one completely faults him, but yeah, exactly. He, it sums up the guy and um, just hope that, uh, again, like he gets better. And, and the Ravens have had a whole COVID issue the past two weeks, so in all likelihood it came from somewhere like that. And at least they caught it quickly, unlike what happened in baseball when they pulled the guy out from middle of the game in the World Series. This they caught it early and they now I'm just worried about all the other people he potentially exposed. Now who knows? He may come back like a few days later that oh it was a false positive. Cause who knows? COVID testing is also A roller coaster of situations that take place. So we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, that is very true.
0: All right, Trenton, we have actually some movement in the power rankings this week.
1: (laughs) Is it it the movement that we like to see?
0: No. Oh, no. um, (laughs) There is movement in the top 10, at least. All right. Chiefs are still at number one. Sorry to disappoint. The Saints are number two, moved up one spot from the third spot. The Steelers dropped one spot from number two to number three. The Packers stayed at number four. The Bills moved up two spots from seven to five. The Rams moved up two spots from eight to six. The Seahawks dropped two spots from five to seven. The Browns moved up 5 spots from 13 to 8. The Ravens moved up 3 spots from 12 to 9 and the Bucks dropped from one spot from 9 to 10, closing out the top 10. Any thoughts on these changes here?
1: I've I've been hearing for a very long time every week when we see that the Chiefs are number one on the power rankings, that the Pittsburgh Steelers fans of their undefeated team would always ask, why are the Chiefs above the Steelers? And I think we saw why.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, now it makes sense. Now it makes sense to have the Chiefs above the Steelers. Something I'm looking at here in this whole list is outside of the top 10. I mean, we've had the most movement that I say we've had in a few weeks, but I'm looking at the Titans. They dropped six spots. They dropped out of the top 10 from number six. Now they're at number 12. I mean, they did lose 41 to 35 against the Browns, but now the Browns are not the Browns that we've been used to now. The Browns are, at least the 2020 Browns are, a new and improved team, so can't make fun of them. But the fact they still lost. Another surprise coming to me is that, uh, despite the Patriots' dominance over the Chargers, they didn't move; they stayed at seventeen.
1: Yeah. But, A- the,
0: but the New York Football Giants have increased their position. They moved up six spots from the 24th spot to number 18. And so is Washington. A lot of teams are moving up six spots. Washington moved 25 to 19. So it's interesting. The year is coming to a close soon and top 10 has stayed the way it is. The middle has changed a little. And the Bears are number 29. That's all I'm saying. Can't, Can't do it. I have to save this for when we talk about this said game in the next five minutes. So. <laughs> Moving on. Washington at Pittsburgh.
1: This was unexpected, honestly. Um, but apparently you expected of- it. <laughs> I... As as much as I would love to say that, you know, I, I saw something in the stats or, you know, something in the standings that told me Washington would win it, no. <laughs> Gut feelings. Gut feelings all I had. Gut
0: feelings have paid off in the past on this show anyway, so good for you.
1: Yeah, there we go. Um, there was a lot of punting in this game, especially early on by both teams.
0: That was a surprise, honestly. That was a surprise because the Washington defense was really able to force Pittsburgh to, uh, to punt the ball and showed that Washington does have a good defense.
1: Indeed they do. And so does Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, it's, it's just two good defenses playing against each other. But the real surprise was that Pittsburgh's offense just seemed off. It did.
0: And a lot of the issues that Mike Tomlin had even been talking about in his press conferences really came to the show in this in this game. And mm-hmm. these are things that the Steelers will have to fix come playoff time. Because if they want to beat out the Chiefs for the number one seed, they're going to have to at least run the ball. And they haven't been able to run the ball. I mean, Roethlisberger is a great quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. And... Um, but you got to run the ball. I mean, teams have shown that if you can't run it, become one dimensional, and then they know how to stop you, which is what Washington did.
1: Yeah. Um, the Steelers were really feeling that loss of, of James Conner. I believe he was on the COVID reserve list for this game. Um, and without him, the running game was just absolutely awful.
0: <laughs> Take us through
1: the. Last play of the half for oh. the Washington. <laughs> Washington. Washington, Washington uh, pulled off some magic, or should I say specifically, Alex Smith pulled off some magic. Now, Do you think
0: he knew what he was doing when he? Did I
1: that? I feel almost like he did, but not
0: think he did. I just don't think he did.
1: I mean, if you see the replay, he sort of looks like he's gonna hand the ref the ball. And then he just turns around and runs to the sidelines with the ball. Um, You know, could that be that he was like, oh, maybe the refs want to get the kicker ball in. So let me just take this ball off so they can focus on getting the kicker ball in quicker. Or, you know, maybe maybe he did want to give his team a little extra time and, you know, found a little loophole.
0: Describe the situation. And then we'll yeah. go into a little more detail of what he actually did and why it's uh, strange that we've never seen that before.
1: At the at the very end of the the second quarter, just about to go into halftime, Alex Smith, with no timeouts left, took a seven-yard sack. Um, he was sacked at Pittsburgh's thirty-one. So no timeouts no way to stop the clock. And basically what ensued was that the entire offense hauled their butts to the sidelines as quickly as possible while the field goal team quickly got set up and the refs basically had to unofficially stop the clock because they didn't have a ball to kick with. And, you know, did, did that unofficial delay in the game allow the, the Washington football team to get set for the field goal since yeah, they didn't have a did. timeout. Yeah. Because right?
0: what happens in a kicking situation, if they hypothetically saying they had a timeout or they spiked, it? I believe it was also fourth down. So you couldn't spike it. Right. What you do is you there's a special ball that they have set aside for kicking, which they call the K ball. And they put that in so that they can kick it. But in that situation, when there's no timeouts and they're not going to clock it, they just take the ball that's in play and they get that set up. But like we were talking about earlier, Alex Smith took that ball with him off the field, and there was no ball in the field, so you can't play the game without a ball. So the refs stopped the game, and that allowed Washington to actually, because it's not like it's it's not like. Uh, they had to freeze or anything; they could still get set up. And in that whole fiasco, when they're trying to figure out where the ball is, they were able to get set. And once it was, once the clock started, they kicked it and they made it. So I mean, it was just a very interesting turn of events. they never seen that happen.
1: Yeah, and um, that being said, when you when you look back in it, in the at the start of the second quarter, the Steelers had the ball on Washington's one-yard line, and they ran five plays, and, you know, they, they turned the ball over on downs right there. They could have kicked a field goal. You know, they could have gotten an extra three points there. Um, instead, they turned it over on downs. And then in the fourth quarter, the Steelers were tied 17-17, to te- 17. With Washington and at Washington's 28 they attempted to convert a fourth and one and they didn't make it they could have taken a field goal there as well so you know it's 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 just they had they had the chances they just didn't make the decisions to to go that route
0: one last thing I want to mention this game before we move on to The game that we have been both dreading to discuss, the Bears and Lions, is that does this game, in my view, Alex Smith automatically got the comeback player of the year award the second he took his very first snap of the year, which when he came in for relief of Kyle Allen, I believe. But now that he's the starter, he has his team in a position for a division championship. They beat the Steelers. I believe that he's the Sherlock of to get the win of Comeback Player of the Year. I don't see anyone else who stacks up to him. I don't see anyone else you could put in that category. And just based on what he's been through with his whole life, the past two years, it's remarkable that he's even playing the game. I'd say he wins. I don't see anyone else. And this game just solidified that for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree.
0: All right, Trent, let's get it over with. Yeah. (laughs) Whew! I don't know where to start. Let's focus on the positives here.
1: All right. The offense looked
0: good. The offense looked good.
1: Man, it was it was fantastic. I mean play action, moving pockets, rollouts, runs from the shotgun and the single back and the eye formation. This is the offense that we've been waiting to see from Matt Nagy in all the time that he's been here.
0: Yeah, I can. I can see the smile on your face. <laughs> it, it worked. Um, one thing is for sure that uh, it was probably a really bad move to go to Nick Foles, and it was a better move to go back to Trubisky. But at the same time, it helped Trubisky gain a different perspective on the game because he looked good and he was able to perform well for fifty eight minutes of the game. And I mean the offense looked like they were gonna have this game put away put away, but uh again we could not score in the third quarter though. that's something you gotta bring up. I think we've scored seven points in all of the third quarter. Things like a minus sixty nine, sixty-eight point point deferential point differential. So I mean I wasn't opposed to it in this game. That we couldn't because we still had the lead. We still had like a 10 point lead going in the fourth quarter. I'm like, hey, I don't care if we don't score in the third quarter. It's just going to be another stat. We'll, we'd still win the game. That didn't happen. Would it have helped if we scored in the third quarter? Yeah, it helps if you score in any situation. So, But yeah, the, the offense looked really well. The run game was good. And. I believe we have the Texans coming up next who do not have such a great run defense. So I think this is a perfect time. They have like started well last week, Montgomery with the Packers against the Packers coming to the lines. He played really well. Patterson had a good running game as well. So I think uh, a combo, keep that combo going. We can we can make it work. Again, I'm the optimist here and I'm looking at it week by week. So but the offense has to just play the way they play, and they played Basically two good games, except the Packers game, turnovers were an issue, which for the most part, we limited that in the Lions game, except the end when the game was lost because of Trubisky's fumble. But uh, I'm just disappointed we had a chance still to win this game at the end, like we always do in most situations. It's just spatial awareness that Allen Robinson stepped out a yard early. Like I, I believe watching that play, he could have gained a decent amount of yards and still had the opportunity to step out of bounds to stop the clock. And yeah. Get a timeout. Sorry, I've been rumbling on. It's just, you get no. bounce on no, this. You,
1: you get, I mean, I, I feel like if Alan Robinson had turned inside instead of outside towards the sidelines, he probably could have run for a little bit more. Um, or at least
0: stretched your like he. he jumped out. He wasn't even touched. He gave up, and gave himself up.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: this game in general, like Packers game was depressing because it was that bad. This game was even worse at the end, honestly. Like a deflating. Like a balloon pop. But uh potentials there, man. It's always been there.
1: Right. Um, (laughs) yeah you can you you just hope the defense can find its footing I mean all through the time that Nick Foles was starting at the end of the game the Bears had a chance because of the defense Um, and it seems like now once Trubisky goes in and starts the defense is almost nowhere to be found
0: yet the offense is back
1: right it's it's surreal man I don't know
0: I do think that we will have a better performance against the defense this week. They are a team that takes pride in their work, and they've had two bad games. And I just think that they will have um, an improved game, and they will shine. That's just my belief. I think it's about time. Like, it has to happen now. And yet, all it takes is one win. I don't know what the future is going to bring right now, but all we need is a win. I, yeah, I just want one win. If that's all I can get right now this week and next week, I want another one. Just keep for the part is, I don't believe in the idea of tanking for picks. I want to win every game that we have on the schedule. No matter what. Like if it comes to draft positions, you should be good enough with your scouting department to, and yourself as a talent evaluator to pick the best player that you that comes available to you at the time where you have to pick. Don't tank. Don't destroy a season for the idea to get the first overall pick just because you think that person is the best. He might be the best player in the draft, but at the same time, it is your job to pick the best player available to you at the time, and I just never like to idea of tanking, if that makes any sense to you.
1: Yeah. I, uh, it
0: hurts, and especially when you it does. know that the team is tanking. They won't say it, but if they play bad on purpose in a way, it hurts. And, and I don't think we're playing bad on purpose, like We've really hit a rough patch these past six games, especially how we really started the season. It just matters not how we finish it. Does that mean – what does that mean for the future? I don't know. But I still want my team to win every game they play on the schedule. Speaking of schedules, we have to uh, pick the next week's games. Looking at last week, I went 10-5. Oh, no. You went 9-6. Uh, and six. Not bad.
1: Yeah. I I only fell behind one more game.
0: Yeah, but then the overall season record's just a little bit behind. I'm at one twenty seven, sixty four and one, and you are one twelve, seventy nine and one. Shall we see if your predictions this week you have another gut choice that you would like to share? And if you and if you somehow close the gap, I mean, we got time. We're going all the way into the Super Bowl for these. So we got time in Trent, You're not that far. First game up yeah. on our list here is the Patriots at the Rams Thursday night. Tonight.
1: After after the absolute butt whooping that Bill Belichick put on, on for uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, 45-0, to uh, I'm going to go Patriots.
0: It's in the same stadium. If that helps, (laughs) like the Patriots did not go back to New England for just a few days; they stayed. I don't know if it actually helps, but I'm also going to Patriots. Vikings at Bucks.
1: Ooh, I'm gonna go Vikings here.
0: I'm going with the Bucks. I have faith in Tom Brady. All right, and hasn't had the best of games as of late, but I still think that overall the Bucs are a better team compared to the Vikings. Also helps in the division. I like to see divisional opponents lose. True. Cardinals at Giants.
1: Wow. I know the Giants just upset the Seahawks, but I'm going to go Cardinals here.
0: Go with the Giants. I think All right. they're on a roll here, they won, I believe, three or four games in a row an upset, like you just mentioned, the Seahawks. So, and it's at home. Not that they're going to make the Cardinals travel over from the West Coast to the East Coast. So, could have an effect. Who knows? Chiefs and Dolphins.
1: Man, as much as I love the Dolphins story, I'm going to go Chiefs.
0: I'm also going with the Chiefs. I believe with any possible playoff contender that is left, the Dolphins have the hardest schedule. And practicality speaking here, Chiefs are a better team, but we'll see. Who knows? Titans at the Jaguars?
1: I'm going to go Titans, although the Jaguars were so close. So close.
0: That is so true. Um, I would have liked them to pull off that win, but of course they didn't. I'm going with the Titans this one. Cowboys at the Bengals. The Andy Dalton revenge game.
1: Yeah, oh, I didn't actually think of that. Now that you mention it, that's, uh, that is kind of big. Cowboys, that's, let's see Andy Dalton pull off a win here.
0: Same here, Cowboys. Bengals, they're not playing that well. And they don't have their quarterback. Yeah. Texans at Bears.
1: Oh, Bears.
0: Same here. Hopefully it actually comes true. We've been wrong the past six weeks, so.
1: Yeah. Broncos I'd like at. See.
0: I'd mm-hmm? like to
1: see it. I'd like to see it.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Broncos at Panthers?
1: I'm going to go Panthers.
0: Same here. Simple. No real reasoning behind it, except the Broncos aren't good. <laughs> Sorry, Trenton. It's
1: it's okay. I've I've internalized it. Jets at Seahawks. Is it is it that time for another New York team to upset the Seahawks? No. Okay, Seahawks.
0: <laughs> Same here. Seahawks. Colts at Raiders.
1: I'm gonna go Raiders here.
0: Colt Colts.
1: Okay. Colts have and been I,
0: hot. I know the the Raiders have been uh kind of high off of that win against the Jets. But again, it was against the Jets. So the fact that they're in that position <laughs> in the beginning is not a good sign. And, and uh, Philip Rivers and the Colts are a good team. So Washington at the 49ers. Washington. Same here. 49ers aren't good without their top players. We saw that on display on Tuesday, Monday night, I believe, right?
1: I, yeah. Yeah, Monday
0: night. We decided that on display, and that's that's why I'm picking the Washington football team. Saints at Eagles, I think we discussed this earlier. I'm going
1: with the Saints. I'm actually going to pick the Eagles on this one.
0: So you don't think the Eagles are making... Wait, actually, you do think the the Saints are making the playoffs, because you picked the Bucks to lose.
1: I... Yes, I, I picked the Bucks to lose. But so in opinion, the
0: Saints are losing this game, still making the playoffs.
1: Yes. I'm I'm changing my mind now. <laughs> I'm am I'm gonna call this a a gut feeling here and also potentially trying to make up a game in my overall standings. I'm gonna go Eagles.
0: All right. Falcons at Chargers.
1: (laughs) It feels weird, but I'm going to pick the Chargers even after they they got their butts kicked.
0: (laughs) I'm going with the Falcons because they got their butts kicked. (laughs) All right. Packers at Lions. Packers. Unfortunately, Packers. Indeed. The Steelers at the Bills.
1: Wow. Here the argument could be made that the Steelers – don't feel that pressure of having to go undefeated. I'm gonna go Bills, though.
0: I am going with the Steelers. Uh, the next game we have here are the Ravens at the Browns.
1: I'm gonna go Browns.
0: I am going with the former Browns,
1: the Ravens. <laughs> bringing in a little bit of history here are you
0: oh yeah alright we'll see where this puts us at the end of the week and if any games get flexed to Tuesday I like the Tuesday night games actually it feels good it yeah throw a th- 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 Wednesday game too football every day
1: <laughs> I'd, uh, I don't know if the I don't know if the players would would like that but uh, as fans we we definitely would yeah
0: all right, I think that does it for us here. Uh, thank you all for listening to the By the Laces podcast. We hope you have a great rest of the week. And we'll be back here with another episode. Please don't forget to follow us at BillMalik15 and Trenton underscore Please stay safe and please socially distant and wear a mask. Do not be the Carolina Panthers.
1: Is it too late to pick the Jets?